Hey, you there! I told you to stay away from this light! I'm in it! Hi, this is Bob Muir. And this is Mr. The Bandit. And this is the Bob Muir and the Enemy Below podcast. How long we're going to keep calling it that, I don't know, but uh, with Mr. The Bandit as a special guest. Uh, or But anyway, so uh, how are you? Did you uh, have a happy Valentine's Day? We're recording the day afterwards in the... The, yes, uh, actually, in, in the rubble, a, uh, a very nice Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. It was a, um, it was one of those things where uh, it it turned out because you know it's on a weekday. Yeah. So you try to do your best to kind of make it romantic, but then you can't really sleep in or yeah, you know, you was... know. So so, but no, I, I did. I, in fact, I I got uh, Mrs. Uh, the Bandit uh, mm-hmm. something nice. I got her uh, some headphones. Ah. That like, uh, well, I got her more than that. I got her, you know, <laughs> for this. But a headphones that look like cat ears. Ah. Uh, and they're Bluetooth, and they light up. Okay. But so. what's neat, and here's what you'll like, Bob, is uh-huh. that you can listen to it, or the cat ears will, uh, uh, they, they serve as speakers. Okay. So you can be like, hey, I want you to hear what I'm listening to. Meow. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think you have to say meow, but it does. It does. They do work like that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's corny, but it was it, it was a cute gift, and at the end of the day, she liked it. So yeah, there you go. Which is you know the um, which is pretty cool. That that's uh, that's nice. So that sounds nice. I I sort of like. You know. I got her. Uh, I'm trying to think. There was something else that I got her. Now I feel like a real jerk. Oh, and I got her uh, her favorite imported coffee from yeah. uh, Scotland. Yeah, and uh, also got her uh, something of Stitch, All right. uh, one Stitch because she loves Stitch. Oh, okay. And, and yeah. uh, I got her also an, a, a D Link, uh, a way so she can uh, hopefully not spy on me, but watch uh, <laughs> watch our puppy dog when we're not home. Okay. <laughs> and you have a you have a new addition to the family, a a small animal now. I uh, do, I do. Uh, his name is Rex, mm-hmm. and he is a cochlear. Okay. He's a coxman, like his father. A cockley heir is... Yes, it is. A, I, I was unaware this was a mixed breed as well. In yeah. fact, I think we... I had the volume so high, I think we may have scared the pee out of him. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> uh, he is a uh, part... Um, he's uh, two spaniels. Okay. He is, uh, let's see, part uh, Cavalier King Charles. Yeah. And then also just a cocker spaniel. Okay. But I was trying to figure out when I just heard King Charles, the cochlear, mm-hmm. but it's cavalier. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And then you put a little cock in front of the cavalier. Yeah, and, and, you know, yes, and, well, some of them went that way, but still. Uh, that's right. <laughs> ah, so great. So that's, uh, yeah, so, yeah, so it's, how uh, long me, have you Me, the long? missus, and puppy. Okay, there you go. Yeah, well, well, there you go. Very nice. How, how was your Valentine's Day? I, I did uh, not get my chocolates from you. No, no, I'm sorry. I ate them. Uh, no, it's... <laughs> no, mine was... Is the name of your favorite stripper. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty much my usual standard Valentine's Day, sort of like, you know, reflecting on all the things I've done wrong in my life and somehow ending up here, well, you know, basically listening to WQXR play the, you know, their countdown the list of the uh, most romantic classical music and just basically thanking God that the that the uh, nowadays most razor blades it's really hard to get them out to get did, to, you, uh, <laughs> get did, to... did each dial go to like 
all by myself. <laughs> so actually, there was actually I think it was I think it was I listening to there was like a Rachmaninoff piece and apparently going you son of a bitch you stole it from that because it's there's a there's a you know yeah it's like son of you you son of a bitch you stole it from there that that song is almost up there for me with the when I was young I never needed anyone. Yeah. <laughs> Those days are done. <laughs> Wait, no, 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 no. That, I think that's that, the same song, oh, no, no, by the way. That is the same song. I'm sorry. I, I, you're absolutely right. I screwed up because I've got a a, a pee pee doggy in my lap. Um, uh-huh. But it was uh, the song I was thinking of was the. Um, oh shit, Harry Nielsen. Um, uh, okay. Not all by myself. Um, that is the song I was thinking of, but the one, other one. What is up. the loneliest number? Or I can't something? live. Oh, that one. Oh, that, that one. I, th- I thought that was Bread. No, no, it's Harry Nielsen. No, oh. Bread never sang that like emphatic. They were always like, "I found a diary underneath the tree." Okay. I, Which, by the way, have you ever listened to that, or not listened to, but have you ever really uh, paid attention to the lyrics of Diary? Um, other than other than. It being borderline creepy uh, on some. Uh, well, no, no. Well, I'll say this because I, I like bread. I'm not gonna yeah. even, no, not no. Even like a. Uh, no, 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 no. I get it. It's like uh, one of my favorite jokes was Dennis Leary said, uh, "If someone's suing, um, I can't remember who it was, uh, some metal band for turning him into a Satanist." Mm-hmm. He's like, uh, <laughs> who, "Who's saying leader of the band? Who, who am I thinking of?" Le- uh, um, leader of the pack? Oh no! No, no, that leader of the band. Uh, Oh, Ozzy Osbourne was the one sued for turning people into Satanists, but it was like... Oh, my know. God. I am completely going off on tangents here. No, yeah, okay. Dan Fogelberg. That's okay. But, no, right. you know, leader of the band. The leader of the band has died, and his songs are getting old, but his blood runs through my instruments. You, you know what I'm talking about, right, Dan this, Fogelberg? Oh, Dan, no, I, I don't know that song, honestly. I, okay. I to, well, it was a hit, but the point, though, is that Dennis Leary said that if, that, if, if this band is getting sued for turning into a Satanist, can I uh, sue... Dan Fogelberg for turning me into a pussy in the 70s. <laughs> that was a long way to get to that. Yeah, a long way to get to that punchline, yes. Yes, indeed. Yes, although you are right. Uh, Nielsen did write one is the loneliest number. Yeah. yeah. But uh, but that a... was uh, Three Dog Night. Oh, yeah. but what I was going to tell you was this, with Bread, mm-hmm. that song Diary, I broke my dad's heart because uh, when he loved that song and he likes Bread, I'm yeah. unapologetic for it. I don't even like them ironically. I just like yeah. them. Yeah. I even have the uh, Telly Savalas version of If. <laughs> my point being is this. Yes. I, I say with egg on my face. Yes. Um, is um, Diary, he always thought was a sweet song about how, you know, he found the girl's diary and all that. But he didn't realize that the, the sick cosmic joke at the end is he's thinking that she's talking about him. But he's not. And so the whole time, right? She's talking about some other guy she's in love with. Yeah. And so the whole time he's singing like, uh, "And I'll wish for her our life, you know, that we'll be together." Yeah. And then by the end of it, he's like, "I wish for you your life." Yeah. And then you and he will be. Yeah. And it really kind of puts a sad damper on the song. It's kind of like, um, what's the song? Uh, oh, I'm not in love. If you ever yeah. listen to the lyrics of that one, that is a fucked up song. <laughs> I, you know, like I like the one where he's like, "I keep a picture." 
uh, on my wall. It hides a nasty stain that's hiding there. Alarm. Yeah, like, you know, like after a while, you kind of go, wait, no, why, no, ah, yeah. wait it's a like second. sitting there going, like, don't tell your friends yeah. about the two of us. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, this is our dirty little secret. I mean, you know, he could be singing. I, I actually, he could be singing to a corpse now, now that I'm thinking about it. It's for all I know. I've been singing to a corpse then. <laughs> yes, yes. So... But um, I digress. I, so you I, were listening to Broken Hearted Radio. I was listening to Broken Hearted Radio. I, it's, it was okay because I'm, I'm fine. But it, I, I call you Mr. Lonely Hearts. I just enjoyed. I just enjoy whining. That's all. So it's really it's perfect. I believe uh, my my people that don't accept me because I wasn't born into it, but yeah. just by comedy nature, call it kvetching. Okay, kvetching. Yeah. Uh, anyway. But I did actually did get to see um, over the, this recent. I got to see Ian Hunter uh, at the. He's like seventy, and for a man seventy seven, he's pretty. He's pretty spry. Uh, that wow. was you know. So yeah, he's gonna be. He's like yeah. He, he, it's getting up there. Everyone said yeah. He's gonna his next birthday is seventy eight, and they kind of everyone kind of applauded. He said, "Don't applaud, don't applaud." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you guys are putting the the, the whammy on me. Yeah, yeah. So. So They'll anyway, forever, they say. yeah, not really. No, but, no, no. I know. I'm kidding. I'm joking. But, like you know, like, yeah. famous last words. It's like yeah. when uh, Custer said, "I think we can take them." Yep. Come on, men. The Indians are on the run. You know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> can't yeah, let towards us. Can't get them. Actually, he was kind of worried about them getting away. That was what he was more worried about than um, <laughs> there was uh, for at least per the per the. For the reconstruction, various reconstructions of the battle, it's like you know. <laughs> so uh, anyway, um, speaking of Custer, for some reason that seems to remind me Trump hasn't had a good week, uh, <laughs> and America has continued to not have a good week. And America has continued to not have a good week. I don't know if you've, you've you probably have been avoiding the local pre- the local reports now. Yeah, this uh, Mike. Uh, I like you say it like it's a UFO sighting. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's it's about as strange. Uh, it's you know, um, you, Are you talk about Flynn. Yeah, I, I, so, I suppose you like I've noted about the the resignation of Mike. Let's bomb Iran, Flynn. Uh, yes, uh, I, I would say that uh, all of their conversation that um, that there was no talks ever uh, mm. with the uh, Russians. Yeah. On, Seems to be a little disingenuous. To I be think kind. yes, that is what uh, to to quote Yellowbeard, the line from Yellowbeard. That is what we call in the Royal Navy a lie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it wasn't even like. That, but you know what? So much of this, though, that's what I don't get. It's like I think you know, and I'm not saying anything new here, but they spend so much bullshit so constantly. Yeah. By the time that you do catch them in this other lie, there is so many other distractions. Yes. You know what is. I mean? It's not like with Reagan, it was Iran-Contra. Or, you know, it was uh, with, uh, you know, of course, Watergate with Nixon, but yeah. Zippergate with Clinton. Yeah. I just mean, like, there was this one thing, right? Well, I... There's, like, such let, a cavalcade of bullshit just well, flying the, constantly. Yeah. It's, this is a... There has... People have started to refer to the uh, Trump White House as the gang that couldn't fascist straight. So, uh... Which, which? Yes, you know what you know what I was thinking about the other day. You'll appreciate this. Do you remember in uh, Animal House? Yep. And at the very end, as uh, uh, Niedermeyer, who yeah. later we found out uh, got killed by his own men in Vietnam. Right. One of my favorite little jokes at the end. Yes. <laughs> it's just sick, but funny. Yeah. But as uh, the crowd is panicking in the street, as the Deltas have taken over the the whatever mm. the city walk, the mayor's parade. Yeah. That he goes. 
uh, everything is fine. Do not panic. As he's being like, <laughs> that's what I feel like. It's just, you know, as remain, shit, I thought, I thought, that, yeah, yeah, remain calm. All, I, I thought that all was like, as well or whatever it is. Yeah. It's like I whatever thought, the Nazi said. Yeah. So, but, um, which would I be think, funny if it wasn't uh, if, it, if it was a nightmare that we woke up from that yeah. we were joking about. Well, well here's the, here's the thing. One one a couple of I don't know if you probably I was just like I occasionally like will pop in to take a look at the the internet feed and yes you know, let out a blood curdling scream and then put on dancing kittens. But I was um, the latest the latest uh, the the latest thing coming out at first Trump is basically claiming it's all like conspiracy theories and people were going no 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 that that Obama was born in was not was born in Africa that's a conspiracy theory oh yeah what, but what they're different. talking he's about a, here he's these an are, old rich white guy there's different these, rules these are facts <laughs> yeah I know <laughs> these are but no no but the recent recently the most more recent revelations is apparently it's not only were the feds listening in on the conversations that he that his um, his staff and it's not just Mike more than other people have now have been linked to having conversations with people known to be member uh, with with Russian with uh, figures from Russia some of whom may well have been Russian intelligence not only not only have their tech calls been like not only were the feds worried about this but apparently European intel various European intelligence services also apparently have them on tape as well. I mean, so it's like now. Does uh, that include the tapes of him being peed on? Not or as, whatever it was. Not yet. Not yet. I, I don't know. I had. I can neither confirm nor deny that uh, <laughs> several, <clears throat> several, several of the other things that were mentioned in that dossier seem to be true. So the the P tape is becoming is gradually gradually lurching its way towards, um towards uh shall we say uh more more via you know more viability as an actual event but at the mo- the moment not and we not as such but so we have most recent reports is basically is that like the balkan states and several other states were decided to listen in on the russians and lo and behold people from the trump campaign were calling in so it's because they were worried about you know they were worried about trump was obviously signaling a, a, a drastic change in the United States relationships with uh, the Soviet with the Ru- Soviet Union. I'm showing my age, Russia, uh, and the Baltic states. Mm-hmm. Being, uh, the Baltic states. I know. I almost <laughs> called them the Soviets myself. Uh, but how ba- can you not though with Putin being with Putin you know, KGB. being ex KGB? Uh, so the with the ex uh, you know and the the Baltic states who basically are like you know sort of like right there at the uh, you know. You know you know they they can watch the tanks roll up and down the borders every morning or something like that whatever so they're kind of like ah, okay not good so they end up with um so there are more tapes and apparently there are more calls there are more confirmations that there actually was considerable conflict contact between Russia and uh the Trump campaign all during the campaign uh also apparently Trump was Trump in his tweets apparently was uh, once again denigrating the intelligence community of the United States. And yeah, I'm sure they love that. What, well, it doesn't make sense to me though because didn't the FBI? I did that, that. I guess their hatred for Hillary was, you know. Well, the F, It's not just the FBI. I mean, there's like 17 intelligence agencies. In no, the no, States, I get that. So. I just meant, I for all, he has written so many checks and and pissed. I mean. His mouth has written so many checks and pissed off so many different departments and people. Yeah. But I guess what I'm saying is, is this: I, I have heard that, and him denigrating the intelligence 
but he also has denigrated the FBI, and I'm just trying to understand because the FBI just had such a hatred for Hillary and the well, yes, I think there was there was that also. It was a certain segment, New York segment of the FBI. Apparently, was right. the one that was really had the hard on for it, for, for right. destroying Hillary. Uh, you know, the FBI is a no huge fan of Hillary, but yeah. again, if Kanye West was running as the Democrat, mm-hmm. and say Romney or McCain was on the other side, who I'm not fond of, yeah. I would vote for sanity. Yeah, I so, would put country above my team. Yeah, well, that, that sports yeah. mentality bullshit yeah. allegiance. Well, that's not happening right now. We'll, no, no, we'll, no. We shall see. But here's here's one more thing that I saw. Apparently, there's a guy who's like a oh some um, former muckety muck in the NSA, and the apparently the intelligence agencies are not particularly thrilled with Trump's response to Mike Flynn being uh, resigning because he's blaming all the leaks that. Oh, you know, I know. That, yeah, I saw that. That it, that like first of all. That doesn't excuse his actions. Right. Right. That has nothing to do with what he yeah. again, it's all about smoke and mirrors and distractions. Mm-hmm. Now how you know, and it's like it's like when he was sitting there getting into these like fucking uh twelve year old uh, boy or girl, middle school age kid, Twitter fights or battles, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it becomes you know, it's it's good news fodder, but it distracts you from the real things that are happening. Right. And the more uh, deadly, more serious bullshit. That is happening. The, the, the more meat hook realities. Now, here's the thing. I just want to like get to is my here's my read on this. Okay, this yeah. is is that the Flynn thing was, mm-hmm. shall we say, a small object lesson to Trump about what they can do to him. He has ignored it, and apparently that has infuriate that has gotten them even angrier. This is the word. I this is one guy who said he's a former national security agency member. He knows the people in the intelligence community. Apparently he's he claims on a Twitter feed that one of these guys sent him an email and said he will die in prison. And I don't think he was talking about Flynn. <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, you know what's interesting is the other <laughs> one is this is that well he doesn't even speaking of intelligence, he doesn't even go to the briefings. No, he doesn't. So and he was, and to, even the ones that he was supposed to be in, he was busy uh, texting busy, about Nordstrom. Yes, so it's like, geez, Louise, what the hell is wrong with you guys? I mean, and of course, the one time there was a briefing and everyone had to talk about it, apparently he was having to get the table at his private club where anyone could, like, walk in and say, Yeah, oh, did you see oh, that picture? Oh, oh, are those the secret codes? Can I take a picture of that? Could you have yeah. a little more light? My camera doesn't quite get that. You know, <laughs> like, it really does seem like one of those, like a less funny version, more horrific version of like one of those fucking Disney movies of like mm. Freaky Friday or like, yeah, yeah. Did this wacky guy become the president? President of the United States. Find out what happens. Well, there was an old Bob and Ray routine called uh, that routines this sketch ver- uh, routine that they used to do called you know um, uh, Arnold jo- Arnold W. Lipsinger spy. And he would inevitably end up giving the giving the store away to the to whoever who was ever you know like oh I am you know oh oh I didn't realize you know I'm here to uh, you know like see if the uh, see if the Russians if the enemy has penetrated the uh, has figured out how many submarines we have in the uh, Mediterranean and the other guy says oh I thought we were I thought I would have thought you had twelve and then Lipsinger says oh no no we only have eight but we do it so cleverly that you know. <laughs> And the other ones, the other guy perks up. Really? Could you show me how that's done? Oh yeah, here. Let me go. Let me let me show you this map here. Uh, hold on a second. I have some tracing paper. <laughs> that's actually yeah, yeah. And that's Which, funny. By the way, Bob it, and Ray, if, if people at home have not watched them or or listened to them, 
Yeah, they're missing. Very funny. In fact, and uh, Bob is uh, uh, Chris Elliott's father. Yes. Yes, and I think the, he has a granddaughter in out there, they too. Did Abby Elliott used to be Abby on Elliott. SNL. Yeah. And I believe, um, no, he. I think she's married to Fred Armisen. Okay. All right, then. And well, anyway, <laughs> so as we're and with that idea of that he will die in prison, yes. uh, I think we'll, we'll see how this rolls. I mean, basically, uh, if you have an erection, over, uh, if you have an erection over um, because of that lasting more than four hours, see your doctor. Uh, meantime, anyway, I'm going to hold, I'm going to like stop this for a second, make sure that this record because I still don't trust this damn equipment and I will get yeah, back yeah, to no it. Yeah, yeah, no worries. And we have, we had success. Yeah. We're, so we had, right. we, that was recorded. That previous segment was brought to you by Spies Are Us. <laughs> the, the brand new wacky comedy, which will basically feature somebody dying in prison. Anyway, we'll just, anyway speaking of... But by the way, I, I, I've got to send you a, a clip of uh, John Landis was talking about when Paul McCartney wanted to do the song to that movie. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he was like, I was flattered, but the song was terrible. <laughs> Because it starts off with like the "Hey, hey, what do you say?" Like just like the worst. Like, and it's like when he heard it, you know, because he's a big Beatle fan and a big Paul fan. But he's like, "This is great. Thank you." However, <laughs> that's why when when the credits go at the end credits, you'll see that he says uh, it. It goes into uh, almost midway through the song of like. Ain't nobody but spies like us, you know, like yeah. like that whole opening the segment of that day, day, what do you say or whatever it was, <laughs> but yeah, okay. Um, anyway, I I we digress. I, I move on. We digress. Okay, more, so, on, on to more entertaining things. The summer movie the, the summer movie season starts in March, uh, and um. Yeah, we got uh, we got a lot coming out. Yeah, we got well. March, Logan, I can't fucking believe that all this shit's coming out in March. Yeah, well, Logan is uh, Logan. Logan is coming out. Old man Logan. Apparently, uh, this is yeah. Although it, it's going to be loosely, loosely based on Old Man Logan. I think it's going to be also. I'm going to guess somehow, or this is conjecture I've read, mm-hmm. is at the end because I two things I've heard that it doesn't really follow the. Um, Oh, uh, the continuity of the X-Men. Like, they don't even care. It's its own kind of separate thing, even though yeah. Patrick Stewart's in it. Yeah. But I'm guessing Cable may show up at the end to bring a X-23 mm-hmm. so she can be with the new mutants okay. or whatever it is she's going to be with in their, their little thing. But the other one is this, is, uh, you know, you can't do a lot of that shit because you don't have the Hulk. Yeah. You know, and you don't have Hawkeye. Or Captain uh, America. You don't have, like, a lot of this stuff. So I think it's going to be – it's old man – it's going to be more like Unforgiven than Old Man Logan, where it's, okay. uh, you know, this kind of gunslinger at Come. the end of his life and all of his demons are coming back to him. And, mm-hmm. you know, what 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 is his life amounting to? And having this young girl that he finally has to care for that is, like, not his progeny but might as well be. Yeah. You know, I think is, like, gives him something to finally – because I think if I remember right in Old Man Logan and I think in the film – he still is kind of ageless, but he's getting more tired, mm-hmm. and like he'll heal, but he heals slower. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like mm-hmm. age catches up to everyone. Eventually. Okay, yeah. 
So that's there. Uh, Ghost in the Shell lurches forward. Um, what do you think about the new trailer? Uh, I, I, I'm still not comfortable with this film. I don't know why, but I am Is not. Is it just the whitewashing? Or, uh... Well, partly it's the whitewashing. I think I just saw an edition because I saw a little, um, they had a little featurette on it, and they, they hauled out the director of the anime, and he said, oh, he's very good. Where's my check? So, I mean, it's... <laughs> well, although, you know what's funny? Is that I was reading... Um, it feels like kind of an American thing on some level, and I, and I, it, I don't really have a dog in the fight one way or the mm-hmm, other. Mm-hmm. Because anime, they make the eyes so big anyway. Right. You right. Know, and, I, and I don't mean that in any type of derogatory sense. I just yeah. mean, like, they almost look like Cupid dolls. Right. Um, but but I was going to say, uh, they, they did a poll of Japanese mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. folk, and uh, uh, in Japan, yeah, yeah, not Japanese Americans clearly, but uh, that that they did not understand the controversy and didn't give a shit one way or the other. Okay, so I mean, not that that lets them off the hook, but I'm just saying, like the guy, the guy was going to get paid for it anyways. But I don't think he gives a fuck. I, I think he's just happy that hey, my shit's coming to life. Yeah. Although you know what the Wachowskis said when they made the Matrix? Yeah. They said we want to make Ghost in the Shell, but live action. Oh, okay. And that's what the Matrix was supposed to be. Okay. Everything folds in on itself. Everything. And, uh, who, who wrote Necromancer? Uh, mm-hmm. Who am I thinking of? Uh, Gibson. Gibson. William Gibson. Yeah. Then, uh, you know, with Philip K. Dick and, you know, then Ridley Scott's Blade Runner. I know and that's Philip K. Dick. But and, then it goes, and then it goes all the way back to Robbie the Robot. But anyway, we're just... <laughs> oh, which, by the way... Uh, yes, I know. Yeah, and and Robbie the robot. I was thinking more, but Robbie the robot was in uh, Forbidden Planet, right? Right. Yes, that's where. Yeah. That's it's, that was his first. That was the first time he was showed. You know. Yeah, yeah. For some reason, I always still think of him as being Danger Will Robinson. Well, that's the like, other robot. This, I think. Oh, well, Robbie was my Robbie cousins. Yeah. Well, Robbie was on that show. At some, there was one episode that Robbie was on that. Was that like when the Harlem Globetrotters visited? I, I, something like that. The Harlem Globetrotters. Yeah, the Harlem Globetrotters <laughs> brought Robbie the robot to the to the Robinsons while they were stranded on out in space. Yeah, uh, Which, it's, by good, the way, I was it's an interesting you, and confused episode. But uh, it's <laughs> well, on, on, and this is a uh, kind of another tangential. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I was going to say uh, tangential. Wait, we we do nothing but tangents on this show anyway. What the hell? Yes, is there we go. Right? Yeah, if I can speak <laughs> properly tonight, I apologize. No, no, um, sorry. No, it was. Uh, I just saw Brian Cranston. Uh, his show, he had a show picked up on Amazon. Uh-huh. It's an anthology series mm-hmm. that will be based off of the works of Philip K. Dick called Electric Dreams. Oh, okay. Which, speaking of Blade Runner, that comes from. Uh, yeah, Blade Runner is coming along with Kong of Kong Island is out there that's too. That's true. I was going to say Blade Runner is based off the book Do Androids Dream of Electric, Electric Sheep? Sheep. Which, yes. I love the esoteric title, but would not for work on a movie poster. But yeah, no, no Blade Runner two, but then uh, but Kong Skull Island, which looks just batshit bananas. Yeah, <laughs> looks like Apocalypse Now with yeah, with with, with, with a big ape, <laughs> which and, I love. I mean, those shots of the helicopters, like when they are no pun intended or pun intended, fuck yeah, it, uh, yeah. when they are aping. Yeah, uh, Apocalypse Now. Yeah, and then and the choppers going with like the sunset, you know. Yep. Sunrise, whichever one it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, just where it has that uh, that that blurry uh, sun haze, and mm-hmm. you can kind of see it coming out, but then all of a sudden, like it's an enormous goddamn heat. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, that's the same company that's made the remake of Godzilla. Oh no, the the, the 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 there is uh, King Kong versus Godzilla in the works. That is definitely that will, that'll come after Godzilla too. What I'm more right. interested to see is if Legendary, the say the production company, mm-hmm. they also. Um, 
put up the money behind Pacific Rim and Pacific Rim 2, which is coming up. Ah! Uh, which I'm wondering if somehow... They put them all will... together into one enormous... Well, it would make sense. You know what I mean? You're going to need big fucking robots. Yeah. Well, I mean, there is there is a big fucking robot in the Godzilla universe. Uh, <laughs> we should just make a movie called Big Fucking Robots. <laughs> and I we're think, saying fucking as the verb. I think that's I think that's the basic. Honestly, I think there's a lot of Japanese movies that the title, if you translated it correctly, would I'll come out to basic. If basic. I ever see another anime where <laughs> I don't really watch them that much, mm-hmm. but I have never been more just. I, I know I've told you this, but it, clearly it's burned in my memory. But it was some schoolgirl being punished by her teacher, mm-hmm. and uh, to pay her back, she uh, gets so aroused that she gets her clitoris to turn into a phallus, <laughs> and then forces herself onto the teacher who was chastising <laughs> her by this little girl now with this like phallus-sized clitoris, like having sex with the teacher. I was like, how fucking repressed do you have to be? <laughs> Pretty repressed. Well, there was a there was a. Speaking of which, we'll throw this in. This is actually kind of a science moment, but anyway, apparently, fifty percent of Japanese couples report not having sex on a regular basis. Married couples, there's a shock. Not having sex, so obviously not, not with each other. Not with each other. No, they're all watching goddamn tentacle porn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. That and tentacle then, yeah, hentai. Up, uh, the used panties at the uh, yep. subway station and the vending machines. Yes. Yeah, so Did no. You see they, that? No, I didn't see that, but I yeah, am not no, surprised. They, 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 sell, they sell uh used panties and vending machines. <laughs> I'm like I like women. I like all parts of women, but I couldn't imagine just being like, I want that. Okay. Okay. I can be a little more musky. You have someone that's I, like, yeah, sweaty. Yeah, it's like, oh my word. I it's word. everything about it's like I don't No, okay. I don't get it. No, I, I get it because it's Japan. I mean, there's nothing. I but mean, I'm not, I, I'm not Catholic. I don't understand. Like, I can't imagine being twisted that tight or you know, that repressed <laughs> where you've got to let it just explode into the fucking weird ass HP <laughs> Lovecraft, you know, where the others are on the other side of the wall. That kind of weird. Yeah, no, it's it's Japan. Japan, it's just something. It's just. They're just. They are wound tightly, apparently. <laughs> They're just ellipses, just fade into darkness. <laughs> but you, you know, can't just uh, you can't. Uh, you know, no matter what you do, no matter how you try, you can never outweird the Japanese. I mean, I just know that. I remember my my moment of that actually came. I've got that I, bumper sticker. When I was watching uh, a film called Karate Robot Zabogar, which I actually would, I actually loved. I think I reviewed on on this on the on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And there's a scene where there's a cyborg, and she is. She has uh, basically. She sleeps with the. Um, she she sleeps with the uh, with the main character, who actually is has a link with this uh, robot. You know, psychic link with this robot. Which when it's not a robot, it's a motorcycle. It's Japan. That's how these things work. Uh, so anyway, they have sex, and her her what well, during during this uh, during this sexual encounter, her breasts open up and tentacles come out and start slapping him, and I was like, yeah, I. No, yeah. I'm sorry. But, I but, just... no, no, but here's the other part of this. 
I was like, I get, I get that no. you can if you can do it and you can see it, you know, it can be done and it can be seen, but I don't get the arousal part out. No, of it. I couldn't get the arousal part out of that either. I don't know if it's intentionally it was intended to be arousing or not. All I was going is that is just I'm sorry that whoever thought whoever storyboarded this thing is one fucked up person. <laughs> it was just absolutely. Yeah. Speaking well, that's of kinda like you know what it's like when I see stuff online, you know, with the porn thing of like a. Uh, See your favorite animated characters fucking. And I'm like, okay, I guess. I saw one where it was like, a, it was, I go like this. It was sent to me. It was sent to <laughs> like, you. Let's call this person. Uh, uh, let's call this person. Mr. The Fandit. Okay. okay. Uh, no, but I mean like, um, but it was like one of like, it was Belle and Beast from Disney's. You know, it was made to look like representations of Belle and Beast from Beauty and the Beast, right? Oh no! And it oh. was Beast with this big fucking Beast cock. Yeah, just fucking Bell, and it was like, and they had like a little tear coming down in her eye. I mean, it wasn't dialogue, but I was like, I why? First of all, okay, fine, I can get where you know people are into you know being rough or whatever. Are they have fantasies or there's plushies or whatnot? It's not my thing, but I get mm. that. But the other one is this. It's the same way I feel about YouTube when I find something on there, like some nugget that I'm like, oh wow, I haven't put it in YouTube and see if there's. Yeah. Someone had to upload it. Yeah, someone, someone had, had to... to think, this people are going to want to see this. Yes. This is important that I'm documenting this. And this is a, <laughs> someone had to take the time, even if it was just that fucking Deke from the 1980s. Remember the company that made G.I. Joe and Transformers? Yeah. No, it was Hasbro, but the animation company, that yeah. shitty animation, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Even if it was only at that level of quality, that's still time. Yes. Someone had to put into to do this. this. Yes. I mean, somebody. Other people would like to see Beast taking Bell against her will. Well, yes, and uh, sort of basically, and then actually, probably also because animation is a complicated process, they probably had to go, okay, let's uh, let's do concept drawings, let's do a storyboard, let's do it, you know, let's, uh, you know, and then, you know, then, and animation is tedious. It's a lot of work to do that. I don't, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of work done that, you know, I think, um, that's and only somebody with a lot of only somebody with a lot of problems would actually have that kind of concentration on something like that. I'd like that is very true. <laughs> I'm not going to argue that point. Yeah. So speaking of somebody with a lot of problems, uh, yes. I was like, I was flinging through uh, this wet the io io nine. We've come from the future, which has some sort of like weird gossip and everything like that. And part of which is that Warner Brothers is apparently wants uh, Mel Gibson to. Um, Mel Gibson to do uh, Suicide Squad 2. Uh, direct Suicide Squad 2. This is huh. the, the, this Wait, is I didn't even see that. The current rumor. This is, well, this came out 6.30 today. So the, so you're getting the absolute latest gossip as That's I pick right. it up even off of the... This podcast won't be up for a couple of weeks. <laughs> well, I'm hoping... I'll hope, yeah, probably that a couple is, That weeks. is up to the minute for us. Up to the minute for us. Yeah, so this is like... They're, talk, they, they're talking to Mel Gibson, apparently, according to this, this report. Uh... So, Which, uh, by the way, hey, real quick, another tangent for you. I, I don't know if you ever read this book, but I'm actually more interested to see. He's working on the film project that was like a dream project for him. He's not directing; he's starring in. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, the Madman and the Professor. Okay, who's that? Who's that? Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson's starring in it. He's producing it. Uh, okay. But it's a, a book I only knew about because he's been trying to make it for like 20 years, and now right. he's old enough that he's going to play the professor. I think, the, the professor. Yeah. The Madman will be Sean Penn. Right. Um, that's why he's got the big white beard right now. I'm talking about Gibson, that is. But it's a true story about the Oxford Dictionary, about yeah. this professor had to work with this lunatic. lunatic. 
who was a who was basically a homicidal lunatic. He was not just right. any old lunatic. He was he was dangerous to be around. <laughs> now just imagine Mel Gibson and uh, 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 Sean Penn. Sean Penn. It, it could be a rather volatile combination. <laughs> but I'm just saying, as much as I'm a comic book nerd, that that sounds to me more interesting than Suicide yeah. Squad 2. But yeah. mm-hmm. I've I now taken us way off track, so go back. Suicide All Squad right. 2. Suicide Squad 2, they're basically they're going up to, uh, they're going to ask Mel Gibson to direct the next Suicide Squad movie. Uh, nothing, I don't but see I thought they were doing the Sirens one, the Gotham City Sirens. You know, mm-hmm. the, DCE, the DCU or whatever they're calling them mm-hmm. themselves. Yeah. Uh, DCEU extended universe or whatever it is. Yeah. Or no, D- DCCU. Yeah. DC cinematic universe. There you go. MCU is easier. It's one letter. Right. Um, but I was gonna say they are so fucking like. How many directors have they gone through on the Flash now? I think three. And so rewrites, and now they've started a page one rewrite on Batman, and you know the rumor is Ben Affleck wants out. That was actually I was just about to bring that, but Ben Affleck now wants out, and it's like, sorry, Ben. You signed the contract. You're well, in yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they signed him for a big contract. But I mean, but but here's the thing. How could How you fucked up, dude? I don't even talk about Ben Affleck. I mean, I look. I'm not even blaming him. I think no. he's probably more grounded than. Well, I think it's probably why he wants out because he's looking at this, going, "This is shit. This is ridiculous. This is not what I signed up for." <laughs> you know, I you know, yeah. I'm yeah. From, I and honestly, what I you know, I I have only seen a little bit of it, but from what I saw, with a little I saw, he does a good job. I mean, he's done a good job in what he's I thought, done. Yeah, I thought he he and uh, Wonder Woman were the best parts of uh, Batman v Superman. Yeah. But I, I mean, that's not saying much. I just mean like he was charismatic. I could see him as Bruce Wayne. Yeah. And you know, he was at the right age. You know, was clearly built. And uh, and and then the scenes of him tearing ass you know and i'm you know i'm just beating the shit out of those dudes in uh, that warehouse yeah was like straight out of a frank miller yeah frank miller moment yeah it was great no so i mean but still obviously you know and yeah hey god dude you know i would you know like apparently no one apparently batman is playing batman is kind of like a little uh (laughs) well i think he also i think it's one thing to know like you and i can sit there and go like uh and I don't, I'm just using us as an example, but to go like, man, yeah, to be Batman, that would be crazy. Yeah. But I don't think it's it's different when you're on the outside. Yeah. I don't think he realized how much it was going to consume his life. Right. Not to mention, that means they must not have faith in his script. Yeah. And he's not comfortable directing. On right. top of which, then he just had Live by Night, which was supposed to be his next big film that he pushed, which has kind of silently been forgotten. But mm-hmm. that was a $70 million write-off. Yeah. So, so yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm not sure how much I, it certainly probably did not give him the confidence or authority to then say to uh, uh, Warner Brothers, like, here, just give me a fucking blank check, which yeah. it's just silly. I, the best thing they could do with those series mm-hmm. is that they thought Batman was dead after Batman and Robin. Right. Right. No, they figured, OK, we can still squeeze a couple of pennies out of this. Yeah. And they let Chris Nolan just kind of go do whatever the fuck he wanted. Well, right. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying that always is going to work out, but certainly by committee. There's yeah. not one There's not one singular voice that's – like with, with Marvel, even though they have different directors, and yes, they get criticized for a lot. But Kevin Feige has made sure mm-hmm. that there is a consistency of product and quality yeah. control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also and, – and they're willing to give uh, the guy – I mean, the guy that did um, Guardians of the Galaxy, which – Guardian Galaxy 2 is coming it's out. Done. Which actually worked out because his, you know, 
he pulled them to the fringe on the edges and they reined him in. And yes. that's not as much as I'm all for artistic endeavors when you've got 200-something million on the line. Occasionally, I also you'll... understand wanting to hedge your bets. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, but, what, but what Warner Brothers is doing is they're just being fucking pussies, right. which is always like, well, they, uh, I they don't are... care if it's, you know, I don't care if we're going to keep fucking this up. I just don't want to be wrong. And if right. we can keep the potato in the air, then I'm never wrong. And they're also, the other thing is probably, this is going to be just the last thing before we, we, we switch on to some other stuff. But yeah. the, the last, this is the last, the last thing is basically also they don't really care because they figure they can make this up, you know, they can put up any, almost anything and it's going to make right. a certain amount of money. Right. So they don't really need to care about the quality of the films, which are garbage. I mean, people, right. who, even the people, I mean, how could you mess up the Batman franchise? The way they have, I mean, it's just. And well, Superman. I know, I know, there's people that defend uh, Superman, Man of Steel, you know. Uh, I'm sure, but but I, I just I there was aspects of it like I was overwhelmed with the Kryptonian stuff in the beginning where I actually I was like, wow, man, that's pretty kind of cool. But then it, I'm not saying it has to be, uh, you know, like it, there were so polar opposite extremes. Brian Singer's, you know, uh, uh, jerk off love letter to Richard Donner. And mm-hmm. Superman Returns, and yeah. then Zack Snyder almost kind of having a a, a venomous hate towards <laughs> the characterization of Superman. Right. You know, like there's got to be a balance somewhere in between. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, right. uh, I, in the same way that I appreciate that with Spider-Man, we don't need. It's kind of like with Batman. Like, I don't need to see that his parents got fucking killed again. You know, like everyone knows yeah. Spider-Man. We all know that. Yeah. You know, how he Uncle, got the Uncle power Ben. Set. Uncle Ben died. You know. Right. Great power comes great responsibility. Yada, so yada, yada. You've got to have a story, like something new and innovative. Yeah. But, you know, it's just, I guess maybe it makes me appreciate people that can find that balance. Right. You know, which, by the way, I'll tell you one other thing. This is not DC, but Marvel-wise. Mm-hmm. Did you see, uh, have you seen the videos about Team Thor? No, I haven't seen that. It's pretty funny. I'll send it to you. <laughs> okay. But basically, it's Thor has a roommate in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> the guy Taiki uh, uh, YTT, whoever yeah. it is that's directing uh, the Thor Ragnarok, you know, is a very funny dude. Yeah. Um. So he's been doing those on the side. But the other one is this: they had uh, art, um, production art, mm-hmm. pre-production art from both Black Panther and uh, Thor Ragnarok, which just looks jaw-dropping. But the other part is this: they had a big featurette from the first day of filming on Infinity War, mm-hmm. and you know who the three actors were they were interviewing? Who? Oh. Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, clearly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Pratt. Right. So Guardians will be there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and there's a voiceover by Benicio del Toro, makes uh-huh. also as a collector, <laughs> yeah. and also uh, um, Tom Holland, okay. Spider-Man, <laughs> okay. will be in Infinity War. How about Howard the Duck? <laughs> he will probably make a cameo somewhere in Guardians too. <laughs> I would be Amazing. awesome if he did. Amazing. It's just like everyone, everyone's like, oh, yeah. I was sorry, I, I was listening to, uh, there's a thing called Movie Sign with the Mads, which features a couple people from Mystery Science Theater 3000 talking about movies. And they were actually talking about one of Gunn's earlier films, Super. And they mentioned that. Have you seen it? I, I saw, I've seen, I've seen bits I, of I've it. I've watched that many times, and that yeah. film catches me off. I, I, sorry, I'm yeah. not trying to interrupt you, but that film really is close to my heart. Yeah. Because yeah. I. I I, this is going to sound, I, not to make myself sound too wimpy, but that film makes me cry so hard mm. when I see it. Like, I, it, overjoyed with, like, I love everything from the opening credits, which is animated, 
to mm. as they're kind of doing this hyperkinetic dancing animated, but then you hear the characters as the credits are fading out going like, <sighs> like breathing heavy, right? <laughs> like they've just like they've exhausted themselves. But when that guy starts to pray and he said, God, you know, why, why not me? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Why did you make me so? Yeah. 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 And God, dude, that just. Yeah, that's uh, and, that... but I was surprised at how much it it really tore at my heartstrings. Yeah, it really tore. It tore. It, you know, honestly, it made I, I have to say, and this is this. I'll just confess. I might as well confess it. What the hell, is that? I I started watching the film. It got to that. I just couldn't go any further. Yeah. In the film because that. it was just such a moment of and, and I had. He's so good. He, he did. He sold that. He yeah. sold that. You damn believe that. Not like that. Unfortunately, actually, and of course, that that this this immediately zings into my you know Irish existential guilt nightmares that this is. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, we're Jesus. I, I, I like yeah. it when it goes into his brain. Yeah. And, and so, uh, 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 or no, what was it uh, Nathan Fillion is Captain Bible? But that's what mm-hmm. I mean. That tone of being like so wacky and yeah. being kind of the real. Uh, trauma poop jokes that he learned from working with Lloyd Kaufman, oh, and then it's getting real pathos. Yeah, and the real, real. And it's like when when did, did you did you not see the end of it? I have not seen the end of it. No, okay. I honestly, I swear Are I you, could. No, that's okay. I understand. Yeah, I basically, not really. I think he basically gets the girl back and then loses her because actually she's really. What happened? Kind of. There is a bloodbath at the end, but okay. here's the other part that made me cry was the little girl that became the sidekick. Yeah. It's not a comic book. And yeah. she, you know, he turns around and, you know, he looks at her and half of her head is blown off. Okay. Like, I mean, she dies. And so yeah. he buries her in his garden. Right. The cops basically cover up because of the, the Kevin Bacon people or whatever it was. Like, they think it was just a gangland war, right? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, she does come back with him, right? Mm-hmm. But it actually has a sweet ending. Is that yeah. she was never going to stay with him, and she finally, you know, like, and he knew that. And when she she finally gets off the dope, but he is as satisfied as that. Uh, with that, as with, no, as no, well. knowing that she's happy, she's married, and she sends him pictures of her or her with her kids, and he sends her drawings, and is you know, like, even mm-hmm. though he couldn't be that guy for her, that mm-hmm. he helped her achieve that life. You know what yeah. I mean, like. Mm-hmm. That his so, love has amounted to something, and I think they named the little kid like I can't remember if they named it after him or something like that. But yeah, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it is a bittersweet but more realistic ending. Yeah. And yet I didn't leave sad. It was there was a sweetness to it that yeah. he felt like his life had a purpose. Yeah, and I think that was it. You know, then that's 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 the story of the film. Right. But it was just that moment of just sheer nihilistic despair. That despair is just like that just tears you to pieces. Anyway. And with that happy note, I'm just going to save this bit, and I'll get right back to you. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Drew Pearson. We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship in Washington. And we're back. That previous section was brought to you by John Paul Sartre's Existential Analysis of the Human Spirit. (laughs) What's the point? What's the point? You have to make your own point, and you learn it in ten easy lessons from Jean-Paul Sartre Jr., who doesn't didn't inherit the dad's ability to actually think too clearly. Anyway, and with that, uh, we're going to move on to like um, I don't anybody uh, that you know of like on uh, left shuffle off this mortal coil that uh, you wanted to talk about or anything like that. Or I'm going to sound bad if there was someone that oh. Uh. 
Well, did we talk about um, John Hurt? Stench. Oh, yes, yes. I knew there was somebody. Good God. It was John. There you go. Somebody, you know. Well, I mean, at least... at least I, I am not an animal. I am not an animal. I am a human being. Yes. Okay. Yeah, but no, that was actually... That was a very... That was, that was an important moment in that film. I love the elephant man. That oh, was, God, uh, yeah. In fact, yeah. and in the play, they never wore makeup. Yeah. But well, the other one is this, is that Mel Brooks was so taken with it that mm-hmm. he, well, yeah, he produced it. Oh, yeah. But he, he, that's when he created Brooks' film. Right. He said if if people saw the name Mel Brooks, they why, why laughing. Where, right? the, where are the fart jokes? <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. And the other one is this: is that um, David Lynch? He, uh, you know, Mel Brooks picked him. That was right after uh, uh, Eraserhead. Okay. Avant-garde film, but Mel Brooks, you know, plucked him out and. Yeah, and not only that, Mel Brooks did the same thing with uh, David Cronenberg with The Fly. Yeah, no, no, David Mel Brooks has produced some produced some very interesting films. He also produced Solar Babies, which wasn't as interesting. Uh, if you if you if yeah, you fu- but Solar Babies only has one thing that uh, sorry, the, what, there was only one thing in there that ever sticks out to me in Solar Babies, which was yeah. other than it was just dreadful. <laughs> yeah. But the scene where they put their hand in that box mm. and it, it gives the sensation that their hand is like burning off or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I don't like being itchy or anything like that. So, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. that freaked the shit out of me as a kid. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but there's actually, if you, if you, if you can get to it, I don't know if they still, I don't know the, 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 the these days podcasts are like being hidden behind paywalls and things like that. But there was a wonderful thing on how did you get made, where actually there was an interview with Mel Brooks who's talking about his experiences with Solar Babies, and he apparently ended up for some reason mortgaging his house to help pay for Solar Babies. Uh, and he was like, I, <laughs> he he said I violated the first law of my own films. Never use you know of the producers. Never you use your own money. money. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, Which, by the way, it is amazing that his son has made a shit ton of money off of the zombie craze. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Well, oh, you know, really? Max Brooks wrote uh, World War Z. Oh, okay. Uh, did he write the book, or did he write the movie? He wrote the book, which yeah. the movie's not like the book. The, mo- the movie made money. Yeah, but the which book, apparently but... David Fincher is seriously wanting to do World War Z too. Oh, right. but the book itself is fascinating. I would I would say this: if you get the chance, mm-hmm. listen to the audio version. Okay. The reason I say that is, you know, he pulled out all the stops, so you've got tons of celebrities. But the way that the book was written was post zombie apocalypse kind of thing or zombie right. outbreak right. and it's this basically this UN worker uh-huh. and he's going and he's interviewing people in different locations about oh, tell me about strike how did this happen yeah. <laughs> yeah tell me about your experiences during the zombie Correct. Outbreak. and you're getting these monologues by these actors talking about it was the first wave we saw it that night you know what i mean but mm-hmm. but the way he does it though as silly as it sounds it makes it like a a realistic well, oh. plague well, it does, you, you, yeah, it just happened to be zombies. It's you know, it's a metaphor. Yeah, it has to have metaphor, but otherwise it's worth. It's the movie is is not that. Okay, okay, didn't think so. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so oh, yeah, but, but John Hurt. Yes, John, John, Mister Hurt, celebrating John Hurt. Which, by the way, not just that, but of course, Alien, and then because mm-hmm. of his relationship with Mel Brooks, he played Jesus in History of the World Part One, which had, <laughs> I love it when he goes, Jesus, yes, what. What? You said what? Yes. What? Jesus. Yes. What? What? Yes. <laughs> the other one was that, and he, and he reprised basically his role in uh, Spaceballs. Yeah. They're at the diner, and he... And he I said, like oh, it. oh, not again. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I like it when... Uh, but it's like his... Uh, 
Oh, one of his other crew members, uh, John Hurt's crew members, goes, uh, he goes, Pluto? I said, baby, you're in Uranus. <laughs> it's like some <laughs> joke. And they're all laughing. And that's when it bursts out of him. And he goes like, oh, shit, not again. Yep. But when I remember at that age, I was, shit, 87, so I was 11. Mm-hmm. And I was there with my brother who was 16. It was too cool for me at that time, but had to take me to see the movie. Yeah. And we yeah. both about peed our pants laughing. Just when that little alien put on the top hat and came. <laughs> Hello, my baby. Hello, Hello my, my ragtime gal. I was, yeah, yes. that was like, that was absolutely the same. Yes, and the fact that John Hurt could have such a good, uh, mm-hmm. oh, you know, just a uh, 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 good sense of humor. The other one I would recommend, and it was just, he's uh, always just so charming to see on screen, you know, mm-hmm. and such a slight man, even like, you know, Midnight Express or something, but there's a, there was a kind of a, just, it was captivating, but the other yeah. one I, I was going to say is: you ever see a film called The Hit with him and Terrence? Uh, no, I have not seen. Uh, uh, who am I thinking of? Terrence, um, who played General Zod? Uh, uh, give me two uh, seconds here. Uh, that'll come back to me. Terrence Stamp. Uh, okay. But what it is is that uh, it's uh, John. You need to watch this film. It's called The Hit. John Hurt and Tim Roth, a young Tim Roth, mm-hmm. play hitmen, and they're going to take this guy out to be killed like he's yeah screwed up right yeah and along the way he's fine with dying and it's driving john hurt crazy that this guy does not seem phased mm-hmm. and uh of course at the end when they you know he's like i'm good with it i've made peace with it da, da, da. and at the you know so you got an hour and a half and it's an interesting conversation but then at the end right as then the triggers are about to be pulled that's when terrence stamp turns and he is not ready to die. Mm. It's it's easier to say it than it is actually. All of a sudden, then you're when you're actually really facing the barrel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, just but another great performance. But just one of those guys that every time he showed up on screen was just a joy to watch and made anything, even crappy films, better. Yeah, uh, he was also a very good Caligula in I Claudius, which was a uh, many many TV miniseries from '76. He yes, was, yeah, that's another good one. Yeah, with was, uh, 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 Derek Jacoby, right? Yep, and a young yeah. Patrick Stewart, mm-hmm. still yeah. bald. Yeah, still bald. No, he was Patrick Stewart was bald very, very early on, but no, he did, and he did an enormous amount of work because he's British, and the British will basically, yes, okay, fine, I'll do it. We're good. <laughs> we're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. No problem. The check cleared. Good. We're good. <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm good with it. You know, it's it's work. It pays. You know, it pays for the whatever it's whatever it is I'm doing at the moment. But I actually, was it was it what was it? Uh, Michael Caine said, "I've never seen the swarm, but I I love the house it paid for." Yes, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, the swarm. Yes, yeah, and he said the same thing about uh, I think uh, Jaws of Revenge or said something. I think, else. Oh, no, it might have been the Jaws Re- Jaws the Revenge. He says, you know, like I I have never either seen one was it, but both of them oh. could qualify. Yeah, it's just like both of them qualify with it. No, no, fine, I'll just look at this. You know, like fine. How much are you giving me? Great, good, we're good. All uh, right. Uh, and I don't have to hang, you know, I'm not hanging outside, I'm not hanging on the edge of a glacier or anything like that. No, good. Okay, fine, we're good then. You know, I think he, that was the other thing that uh, Michael Caine did say toward, the late, toward his later years, that he's like, well... Um, well I think at some point, also, once you've won two Oscars, yeah, <laughs> and, and you've become, like, Sir Michael Caine, and you basically, you're... And you're also still hip enough that you're still doing the Batman trilogy, and you're mm-hmm. in the... An Austin yeah. Powers film, and you know yeah. what I mean, like mm-hmm. yeah, 
So I, 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 he has no more fucks left to give. I think no. he's pretty much like he didn't have a lot. Of, I read a bit of his autobiography. He didn't have a lot of fucks to give for the word. Well, no, no, he had that working class attitude. <laughs> Everything that he always did was it was a job. Yeah. yeah. Okay, this is good. I can do this. Yeah. Well, I he actually his his first really starring role is in one of my favorite films, Zulu. And they asked him, "Could you ride a?" And back in in United in in England, they asked him, "You know how to ride a horse?" And this guy's this guy's from the Cockney, you know, this, this guy's from London slums. Yeah, the streets, right. the street, Cockney, Cockney, Cockney kid from London, you know, like, yeah. He said, "Of course I can." So yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's what you're supposed to say. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So they get him down to South Africa, South Africa, where they film the damn thing, and he falls first day. Of course, first day of filming, he falls right off the damn horse. Yeah, and his 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 is looking. He said, looking back on this, I, I as I looked back on that, I, I began to actually have a certain uh, rule that I would never do anything if I was going to do stunts or I was going to do anything any shots that were dangerous, that could you know that could hurt you know I could get hurt doing. Those were going to be in the middle of the shoot, because by that point there's you know if you get hurt in the beginning of the film they'll just get someone else. If you get hurt at the end of the film they'll just cobble together. You know, with what they've got. So if you do this stuff in the middle, they'll be take very, very good care of you. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So, well, that yeah. and you know what, and and not, but it, it, I think the thing was there was just always kind of a roguish charm with him. Oh yeah, he was. He no was matter great. what character he played. Yeah, he. Did, I'll tell you what I loved was uh, I'll tell you a good one was a uh, hand under sisters. Oh yeah, he did great at that. It was wonderful. But but and yeah, so but John is like uh, you know John was really he. He was a very versatile actor, and he did a lot of like a little things here and. And he'd also, you know, also he would do a lot of films. He was the, of course, ladies and gentlemen, he was of course very well known as the War Doctor. Uh, he is, you know, that's another, you know, a moment. And you wouldn't think a guy like John Hurt would like, okay, sure, I'll be, I'll play the Doctor, you know. So oh yeah, he, yeah. So. Yeah, uh, he and he was, but it was interesting. He was, uh, he had chameleon qualities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very much so, very much so, very much the kind of actor that kind of like you know he did he went into the role, he didn't you know he wouldn't have you know he wouldn't you you wouldn't see him really, he uh, you know so it was in speaking of which he was also in Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy as Control the older gentleman who was yes yeah which uh, you tell me what the film version right yeah the film version which I yeah, did not I, which I thought I, was underrated actually well pardon. You thought there was. I, I thought I thought the film was underrated. I thought I thought it was actually quite good. I did not like it. I probably because really? I, yeah, you know, probably because I've read the book about six Alec times Guinness. and and it, no, I've read the book about six times. I've also seen the the Alec Guinness version like about a dozen times. It was like one of my, you know. So yeah, I I think I think there were certain certain things done with certain characters that I just was like, this is well, dumb. that's true. But then again, you're taking. I mean, you've got the novel, which you know is going to be John Le Carre is going to be yeah. very. Indirect and right, but the other part is this: is that then and then when you do the miniseries, you've got hours upon hours, so you're trying to condense the story into oh, yeah. two hours. I just meant like for what they had to do, I thought it was mm-hmm. it was all right, but I but I didn't have as much connection to it. You know what I mean? That was oh no no, you just I certainly watching. did not go out and try to find Smiley's people. Yeah no no I uh, well I I have I have both I have both both of those the, the both of the Guinness versions Smiley's people and that one. Uh, you know, like my mom was always un- couldn't understand why I had never made the Honorable Schoolboy, which is a f- book that's right in the middle of it. But Smiley doesn't do a lot in that book. He says he 
gives it to this this other uh, he gives this this task to this spy and the guy gets killed at the end of the book uh, and that's basically that's that's the honorable schoolboy uh, which again it's kind of interesting Lejocare does not actually you know Smiley is I think a lot of people's I put it with the way Guinness plays it he's a lot of working people I think he's actually a lot of shall we wait white collar workers fantasy you know like i know what the hell i'm doing it's just everyone around me is a complete asshole and right yeah although you know what's funny is is that i i did hear one it could be apocryphal but i heard one story i liked it was john le carre was having mm-hmm. his birthday party right yeah and that every because he was a, he really was in the spy industry yeah he was like uh, intelligence and I, yeah I, like I'm he so- had friends and, but apparently this is like no bullshit people from all different sides during the thick of yeah. the cold war also yeah but uh-huh. apparently they went to turn out the lights to um to uh you know to bring out the cake right yeah. candles and uh apparently in that moment you almost had a pretty big meltdown of uh, uh lots of um people that were unaware this was happening ah uh, okay and if you've got uh people that were very high up mm-hmm. and they've got um that's what I'm looking for uh Oh, not the Secret Service or the equivalent. Yeah, you know, and, and all of a sudden you've got a international crisis on your hands. Don't plunge them suddenly into the darkness. It's not a good idea. They tend to respond badly. All right. Speaking of respond badly, we might as well get on to the. Uh, there's nothing really new or fascinating in the world of science. You call yourself a scientist. The uh, they're looking for planets. They're kind of like the. Uh, Nothing new on the aliens front either. Um, that uh, that planet that they saw found recently that turns out to be kind of like well, it probably isn't. There probably isn't really good for life anyway because it's like one side's facing the planet, the sun the entire time, which is going to be kind of bad. And not only that, it's also so close to the sun that it's constantly bathed in uh, like solar flares from the sun. So it's like I like that you start off the sentence with nothing new in science. Well, What's nothing, nothing, nothing new. No, I mean nothing new along these. I know, I, I know what you time. mean. I'm being silly. They're they're trying to measure the speed of gravity, which is kind of it. That's kind of an interesting, you know, like I, they think it's the speed of light, but they don't know for sure. You know, it's like okay, well, fine. Yeah, that is. But how do you then measure that? Yeah, well, I think they have they they found gravity waves. Now that they found gravity waves, they will be able to measure the speed. This is how. You None know, of this is going to matter, Bob. Once we become uh, batteries for yeah, the overlords. Yes, I, I welcome I welcome my, I welcome the advent of our robot. Like when our, when our, we're just meat puppets that are here to uh, <laughs> uh, to generate energy. <laughs> meat puppets to generate our robotic energy. overlords after Skynet you know, <laughs> fires off the missiles. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway, so we might as well get on to the next section, which is last and last section, which is <laughs> bad movie. Yes. <laughs> Uh, did you did you see it? Did you have a chance to see I it? I saw enough of it. <laughs> Once again, what a, what an interesting saw, phrase. By the way, I will say this as a follow up. Uh, okay. Okay. I, before I we get before a, we get, I watched someone else review the third animated Titanic film. Oh, okay. Was it? And, probably, and that also was enough. Yeah. Was that um, was that the nostalgia critic 
Because uh, I think yes. he's the one. Yes, yes. that was it. Yeah, the, the know, poor bat bullet for all of us. <laughs> it's a poor bastard. But the, uh, uh, the the squid that was like a puppy dog squid. The the, the squid with the puppy dog. I don't. Yeah. Just, it's, I, I just first I of just, all, I, yeah. Was, uh, about the Japanese, but I guess the Italians also. The Italians. Uh, who the hell? Plane. What what the shit is all that about? Anyway, this is yeah. uh, a, for those of you listening and wondering what the fuck we're talking about. Uh, this is the film is actually the monster uh, monster of Pedro's. Blancas, the monster of the white something, you know, something white. Yeah, very similar. I mean, I, I, this came after Black Lagoon, right? Oh, yes, yes, it did, did come very much so. Uh, so it's similar in, in that the guy who actually did the Black Lagoon makeup was the guy who actually did the Black Lagoon makeup was the guy that designed this suit. Which is it's a pretty it's a pretty good looking suit for for the uh, yeah, it amount has, of money. It has very it has uh, similar overtones to. Mm-hmm. Uh, that same kind of a hard uh, like crustacean shell. Yeah. Now look over. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm looking at it now also as I'm looking mm-hmm. at Black Lagoon. But even though it has kind of a a, a sea faring look to it, like a mm-hmm. fishy look. It's yeah. uh, but more of like a, what am I thinking of? Like the shoehorn crabs. You know what I mean? Yeah, like a sho- hard. Yeah, like a exoskeleton. Like a like a hard exoskeleton, but anyway, um, this is it, it's not you know it's it it's really doesn't try hard to do. It's not really trying to be the be all and end all of anything like that. But it's it's like basically is that there's this monster, uh, there's a light, there's a guy in the lighthouse, and you see the first thing you see is this guy in the lighthouse starts yelling yelling for people to. You see like this hand claw going after this thing of like what looks like a, a tin or a dog's bowl or something like that then you flash to the lighthouse keeper who warns people to stay away from the rocks and these people then proceed to stay away from the rocks and you go well obviously something weird is going on with the lighthouse keeper and whatever this is and he goes into the t- as he's going into town they discover that you know uh, a couple of people have been killed and their headless bodies have now been or the their decapitated bodies are in the boat that floated up after the storm now here's the thing about there can this there only be one answer yeah. it must be the monster of pedro's blancas but which, oh, which is an actual town Yes, really. I did not know. Yeah, it's a town on the uh, central California coast. Okay. And it does have a lighthouse that was used Mm. in the film, but only for exterior shots. Yeah. So. And it stands for White Rocks, by the way. Yeah, monster. uh, Okay, White Rocks. Okay, but the what 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 interested me a couple of one of the things that interested me about this film is basically the entire town seemed rather chill about what was going on. Because they're just. Wow, sort of I mean, I wish you've had one aquatic monster attack. <laughs> I guess you've all, but there was like they're 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 looking at the boat, and there's like the the doctor and the the constable who apparently never thinks of calling for help. Okay, I'm sorry. At some point, I've got at some point I w- I'm going to call at least the state troopers or somebody to come. Uh, in. Yeah, no, I'd I be calling uh, more than national, that. I would be calling the national guard. I would be. You know, <laughs> if, if, uh, if a kind of a humanoid-looking, you know, uh, uh, creature is coming out with a uh, hard exoskeleton um, and is killing people off, yeah, by be- yeah, by I, decapitating I, them. Oh, the, the mechanism is never actually described or even hinted. I, at. I don't think I would sit there and go to the local, you know, uh, uh, sock hop. Not sock hop. What am I thinking of? Uh, um, uh, what do you call that? Shake. Uh, getting a I got, go to the soda fountain, local soda yeah, fountain. Go to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, go to the local soda jerk 
and and, and, to, and and trying to reason what what this may be, and then talk, I, I think and, I would be beyond. I don't give a shit about what it is. I talk, don't, know, I don't talk, want it around. Yeah, talk with the local ocean, you know, the oceanography student who's there for the summer, who's like basically hitting on the lighthouse keeper's daughter, <coughs> who's working at the uh, at the sock, you know, at the at the soda uh, whatever. This town has like a this town has a general store, and this town basically has a a, a, a diner kind of thing, you know, you, whatever. You know what? You, you almost made me want to start singing. What? The landlord's yeah. daughter from the Wicker okay. Man. Okay, yeah, <laughs> but so, so it seems that the lighthouse keeper knows something, and it turns out, of course, the lighthouse keeper knows something. The lighthouse keeper apparently had heard the breathing of the monster at some point, and then started leaving it out fish. And of course, his daughter, upon hearing this, is later in the film. Of course, his daughter, upon hearing this story, <laughs> responds with responds with like the most natural question, not in the tone of voice most people would do she does actually say well why did you do that whereas most human beings says what the fuck are you thinking yeah yeah what the hell is wrong with you well he was lonely you had a dog get another one for god's sakes you don't go around befriending hellish hellish sea beasts with a thirst for human blood yeah yeah. there's lonely and then there's for god's sakes jesus you don't look for you know uh humanoid creatures that are not human yeah humanoid creatures anthropods whatever anthropomorphic human creatures with a taste for you know with a taste for blood it's just you know like they, i draw the line i mean there's friendship i mean i draw the line i mean we might you know, you know I, I we will, might I, we this might is something i always say as uh, one of those things where i like quotes from uh, not like great quotes from bad movies yeah, I mean, like, not bad like this bad. I just mean yeah. not very good films. Mm-hmm. But there's a film called Cats and Dogs I always liked. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the film, sorry, I didn't like mm-hmm. that film. I liked the line. She no. goes, you can love your pets, just don't love your pets. Your pets, right. And that's the same thing with this creature here. Like, I get it, you're lonely. Yeah, but, but you have Come on. I mean, there was like... Fucking take it, take it like a man or woman like the rest of us. Yeah, get a... You, know, you, you have a dog. for community. <laughs> you have a dog. You're already... You've already got a... I mean, most people... Like, How does your dog feel? Like, I'm mean, not but good enough? You gotta I'm not have good some to... hell creature? Yeah, you gotta feed some hell creature. He's talking to the dog the entire time, and the dog gets killed later on. Um, but uh-huh. it's like... Yeah, it's like... But what occurred? I mean, there were some interesting little moments in it, like when they 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 kind of open up. Well, well, what's you know? They kind of like there's another killing. The the guy who runs the who runs the general store is like talking about the monster, and then the monster basically apparently because the you know like he didn't sell give the scraps to the lighthouse keeper, and the lighthouse keeper instead of saying well okay well then maybe I'll get maybe I'll buy some more fucking meat. Than, you know, than just relying on the scraps, you know. Like, I think that's fair. And then, sort of like instead, so the monster starts going around hunting for flesh to eat, even though he's apparently just chewed on these two. The thing is, he's had the scraps. He was, you know, so why was he chewing on those two guys from the boat if he's supposed to be kept well fed and kept down? I don't know. It's like why are we why are we asking about sanity and logic in a film like this? I don't know. It only lasts about ninety minutes, but it's it's less than ninety minutes, but it certainly does seem longer. I must say, there is, uh, you know, it it certainly takes a while to get to the monster. I'll tell you, it's not like a Harry Yosen film where it's basically. You would think if you made the suit. Yeah, you kind of want to show the suit off, but they don't. You do not see the suit until well, two thirds of the movie, and you really don't see the suit compl- in the complete until the you know, like the last ten. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's just like 
you know, maybe it was like fragile and just hard to work with or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> you know, yeah. But I was like, which, you know, which, by the way, that reminds me of I, I think it was Richard Jenny who said it was like speaking of uh, Jaws or Revenge, mm-hmm. and it was making fun of how just absurd the plot was. Because yeah. I think they cut out like a voodoo part in the beginning, which is why <laughs> the shark went down there after the family. Okay. But as if this shark, first of all, it doesn't make any sense. It's not like the shark had. Even if it had progeny, like, how would they know? If, like, this family killed my father, you know, or, like, whatever it was. So the shark in one, yeah. two, and then three. So basically, but, the, so let me just say, he's doing, he's doing, all I can think of now is the shark goes, hello, my name is Inigo Montoya. Yeah. He killed my father. But, but it has to, to be the, the third or fourth generation because, <laughs> yeah. you know, each shark has gotten blown up. Or, yeah, gotten yeah. blown up. Yeah. So they, yeah, I guess it was electrical wire in two, the yeah. scuba tank in one. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure how they did it, but they blew them up in uh, three because it was, you know, you saw the jaws come at you in 3D, yeah. in glorious 3D. Yeah. But in four, but what he was saying was, was here's a fucking idea. Why not move to a city, you know, uh, uh, that's landlocked and move <laughs> up into like, you know, uh, an apartment building and a high rise? <laughs> <laughs> if the shark gets you at that point, then you deserve to fucking die. <laughs> and it's like, Why would well, you live anywhere near water? Right. Even like a lake, even a swimming pool. <laughs> I don't know. I think I do know that. I do know that it's like there are some moments that's kind of interesting. It's like when a guy, you know, like the guy, the 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 shopkeeper. Basically, the shop then things develop. The shopkeeper gets killed. Uh, then. They actually put him in, you know, they said, well, let's put him in the, you know, in the deep, he's got a, like a, a meat freezer or something like that. And they assign this poor clown to go watch it while they go up and do some other things like that. They come back, he's missing. And this is like the most effective moment in the film. We say, well, why don't we look in the meat, freeze, meat freezer? And I said, I don't think you're going to like what you're about to find in the meat freezer. Because <laughs> the door no. opens and there's the monster and he's carrying the head like a football. Uh, head of the wow. poor unfortunate guys, and that's you know that's a, that's a relatively effective scene, especially for 1959. But still, it's like how did the head look? Like, the paper mache? Yeah, no, like yeah, it was kind of paper macheish, but you know, like done. But you shot it real quick, you know, bang it. You, you couldn't really tell. But I, again, here's the thing: at that, okay, there has to come a point where 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 the constable has to say, "I'm sorry, I am way out of my league here." This is just, this is just, that was the thing that kept getting to me. You know, you've got, you've got the country doctor and the bio student. And these, these two guys are attempting to, to attempt to discover what, you know, deal with a, not only a here to unknown, but unsuspected life form that apparently finds human beings delicious. This is not. Yeah, well, I mean, you would think you might get a Nobel Prize, right? Well, I suppose. But still, you call the governor. You call somebody. I need you got you got people with Tommy guns and flamethrowers because I think we're going to need them. <laughs> all, all you're making me think about is you, you saw Amazon Women on the Moon, right? Yeah, I. I Sorry, I just got you've something. been okay. Not, not the dog. <laughs> okay, no, I did. I don't think scared, I, scared him again. No, okay. but I always liked it when they're doing the actual uh, Cat Women on Mars parody. Yeah, yeah. And he goes. Boy, Steve, I can't wait to get up there and cut. no, no, no. First, of, no. Uh, one guy goes, uh, "I'm gonna buy a billboard up there and I'm gonna charge <laughs> people to put up there." He's like, "Butch, we don't go up there to you know, <laughs> mankind." But I like yeah. the one guy's like, "I can't wait to get up there and carve me out a hunk of that cheese." That's Butch. He's like, "Now, Butch." Yeah, now, Butch. Yeah, so so, the, so the science logic that you're describing just—it it sounds almost like parody. 
No, he really does. And, parody, which makes it even better. Yeah, so, but it's, I mean, you know, it doesn't, you know, it, it, you know, and then everybody ends up, you know, like the old man, the old, the, the lighthouse keeper gets, end up getting flung off of the lighthouse, and then follow, shortly thereafter during the film, so does the monster get, ends up getting flung out over the lighthouse, and then I suppose we're supposed to, leave, everyone's supposed to, like, okay, we're going to live happily ever after the three or four townspeople that are left, <laughs> but they still got the, you know, it's like, shiz, it's like, you know, uh, and the thing was that, that you've, you, the daughter is now supposed to like, okay, we'll hook, we'll be obviously hooking up or marrying the biology student, but she also has the trauma of actually watching her father flung to his death by the monster. I mean, she was right there to watch that. That was like, <laughs> that's going. That I got I think that would cause trauma. I think I think this is called permanent. You know, this 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 poor woman is now permanently screwed up uh, for the rest of her life. So, uh, between in Blancas Piedras or Piedras Blancas. Yes. So, anyway, um, I think that's all for that. It's not really that long a film, so it really isn't. You know, uh, again, the, the the monster. Honestly, if you want to look at the monster, look up, look it up. I don't feel skills. like you're giving it the full credit in its complexities. Of I character. don't think there's no, not kidding, a lot of com- no, there's not a lot of complexities. I mean, the, some of the characters are called the storekeeper. This is not really a date. No, I know. Yeah. <laughs> But it's you know it's like one of those things is this was programming this is like you know a lot the of first nuance fi- and gray area. Although though the one thing is actually the uh, when when the the female lead goes skinny dipping which is kind of like kind of risque for 1959. What was really kind of like weird and almost Japanese sick is that the monster starts sniffing. Look looked to me like the monster was like groping her clothes and her panties. I was like, what? Wait, no, did did. Did he didn't do that, did he? You know, so, I'm not close to that. Go on. I, and so there was like, yeah, she goes swimming, and like the monsters, like the, you see the the clothes are all like draped over rock, and then the monster's claw reaches out, and the clothes are like gone from it, including her underwear. And I'm going, this, yeah. And they they had just talked about how the monster's sense of smell was its most important attribute. So I'm going, no, 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 don't even hint this. And then, so you're saying that he would enjoy uh, the Japanese subway station. He would, have, he would, he would be, he would basically fall to his knees in front of one of those machines. He would be, and, he would be in monster heaven. He would be in monster heaven. Yes, yes. <laughs> and well, with once that, again, I, and... I don't feel bad that I did not complete my mission of watching all the way through. <laughs> and. Last with that, and with that image of the monster of the White Rocks kneeling in front of a used Japanese pan, panty distributor. Distribution As I machine. like to fall asleep every night. <laughs> with that I visual just, in my head. This is Bob here saying peace, love, show the knife. And this is Mr. the Bandit saying toodaloo!